listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Hello with JP and Mr. T. We're here to talk about the world of sports. And, man, do we have a lot of stuff to talk to you about tonight. 1-800-919-3776. Among our top stories, obviously, the game you just heard right here on 98.7 ESPN, the Rangers win in overtime. But there's a lot of things that went on today. Let's go to work. Now here is the top news stories of the day with Larry Hardesty. We began down in Florida. When Brian Cashman gave you news that Yankee fans just didn't want to hear. Both doctors have concluded that Tommy John is necessary. So, uh, obviously, Seve is, you know, uh, acknowledged and agreed that the surgery is necessary. His plan is to have it done as soon as possible. And he's, uh, you know, obviously contemplating, you know, the doctor's uh you know, and who to do it with. And so he's, you know, still working through the process of, of finding the availability of the doctor's time frames and choosing uh, which doctor to utilize. And, and uh, so the follow-up of who does the surgery, you know, you know, I'll get you that when he makes that final decision on his end. Paxton already down, Severino down until next season. This sounds a lot like last season, doesn't it, Yankee fans? Our Twitter poll question, at Hardest to ESPN, at ESPNNY98 underscore 7FM. Considering the injuries, who do you have the most confidence in as a starter? Considering the injuries, who do you have the most confidence in as a starter? Is it J-Hap? Is it Montgomery? Is it Loisaga or Chad Green? You can weigh in and call us at 1-800-919-3776. Top story number two. In the game you heard right here on 98.7 ESPN, the Rangers tried to give it away, but come from behind. Bovillia with a head of steam and right wing brings it into the zone. Gets stood up by Panarin. Here comes Panarin. Panarin with speed. Letty gets back. Panarin gets cut off on a good job, but it goes back out. There's a bat again with a blast. Who scores? Mika Zibanejad in overtime. And the Rangers win it 4-3. Well, that's what happens. Oh, he's so good. Don LeGrecker with the call here on 98.7 ESPN. Yes, the Rangers, who had a two-goal lead in the third period, cough it up. It's tied with 17 seconds left. Then they go into the overtime and get a win, their eighth straight road win. This is a big win for the Rangers, tough loss for the Islanders, although there's still five points separating them for the playoffs. Your thoughts on the game, 1-800-919-3776. Oh, by the way, the combine started, and so both general managers were talking today, football-wise. Dave Gettleman says the Giants, uh, you know what? They might consider trading. We're going to take the best player, okay? We're going to evaluate him, take the best player. That's what it is. Free, I've said unrestricted free agency puts you in a position, hopefully, if it works out for you, puts you in a position to take the best player. That's what we'll do. Listen, we know that Dave Gettleman never trades up. Never. But he indicated that he might change his mind this time around. What are your thoughts? 1-800-919-3776. Oh, by the way, Joe Douglas of the Giant of the Jets spoke today, their general manager. What's all this talk about Le'Veon Bell being traded? You know, I don't think there's been a lot of – I mean, there's – 
I address it at the end of season meeting. There hasn't been talk as far as um, him him going anywhere. I mean, we're exci- we're excited about Le'Veon. Le'Veon's been a great teammate. Um, I can't tell you how how great he's been. I've had a, I had a great conversation with him at the end of the season uh, exit meeting. And you know, I know he's been working hard down in, in Miami, down at Bomberitos, and you know, I know he's excited to get back, and uh, we're we're excited to have him. So hopefully, that gives you Jet fans a little cause to breathe a little bit. But it was so interesting watching uh, both press conferences online. A lot of fans are still really down on Adam Gase. Some of the comments you saw about Adam Gase not good. Fans really a little concerned about him. Don't think he really knows what he's doing. So it's fascinating to see uh, how this is going to turn out. So those are our top stories of the day here on 9870 ESPN, ESPN New York tonight. Let's go to you on the phones. 1-800-919-3776. Let's go to Robbie. Robbie, you're batting leadoff on ESPN New York tonight. Larry, it's always a pleasure to speak to you. One game, I was listening right here on ESPN Radio to Donnie's call. You know, I have to say, in the last minute of that game, I mean, the Rangers couldn't get the puck out of the zone. I, know. I was screaming at my radio going, get out of the zone. I couldn't figure out why they were so loose in the box. One of the things about the Rangers, it seems as though sometimes they, they tend to play a little loose when they uh, play, you know, on a six-on-five, and it seems like they give up a lot of goals. But they fought so hard in this game, and have stood on his head again. But you know what? This has been an unbelievable run, Larry. If you told me this team was going to be a few points out of a playoff spot in March, I would take it right now. And I give JD and I give Jeff Gordon and the whole organization a ton of credit. And it was a tremendous game. And I'm so glad they won because this would have been a tough loss for them. And the Islanders fought back, even shorthanded with a, a couple of players in you know in the locker room. Peugeot, with, obviously by Andy Green going down, but uh, it was a great game. I and mean, this is why hockey's the best. I'm sorry, and with no apology to baseball, basketball, or football, hockey's the best. Larry played by the best guys from small towns that worked their butts off just to you know to make the minimum. So anyway, but I want to ask you about the Yankees, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the injury to Severino, last year Severino had problems. If the Yankees knew that he was having pain last year, why did they continue to to bring him back to the playoffs? I just don't understand. It seems like the Yankees have so many issues with injuries. And the other question for, for you that I have, you know, Brian Cashman has given too much credit, I believe, sometimes. I know he had a lot of guys fill in last year admirably, and I give him credit for that. But when you look at this team, Larry, they're so built so ridiculously to me. They're built with all right-handed bats. Two many guys that strike out, and they don't have what I believe is a catalyst. And you can go back to the 50s. You can go even further back than that, Larry. You can start in the 50s with the Yankees, whether it's, you know, uh, you know, a guy like Phil Rizzuto and a guy, and a guy like Billy Martin and in the 60s with Bobby Richardson, the 70s with Victor Quick and Willie Randolph. And, and even, you know, going up to the 90s with Nobbs and Jeter, you need that catalytic player. And now the Dodgers have one in Mookie Betts. I don't know who's, who scares you on the base paths with the Yankees. Who's the guy? Nobody, Robbie. And you know why? You know why they don't scare you? And here's why, my friend, and thanks for the phone call. Because that's not the way Sabermetrics plays baseball now. They don't care about stolen bases, my friend. They don't care about guys who, who can move the runner over. It's strikeout or home run. That's what they have. In the old days, Robbie, and I'm, when I'm talking old days, I'm talking 10, 15 years ago. No way a guy like Aaron Judge would be batting second. No way Peter Lanza would be batting second. They scream clean up. Ducks on the pond. That's, that's what it used to be. That was how baseball was. You put your power hitter in the cleanup spot where you say there's ducks on the pond. We want you to 
come up in that situation and drive them home. Now it's changed. We want to get your best hitter up multiple times in the game. Listen, if we move him up to second, he may get another time around the batting order. And there's no guarantee that he's going to come up after the first inning with runners in scoring position for the rest of the game. So it's the sabermetric thing that has changed. As far as Cashman is concerned, listen, I agree with you. Even if you knew that Severino had issues when you brought him back for the postseason, after the postseason was over, you should have found out what was going on and get it taken done and get it taken care of then. You're looking at no Severino this year and probably no Severino till middle of next season. And this is a tough day for him. Okay, this is a really tough day, but in the back of your mind, are you, do you really wonder if he's ever going to be that guy again? Do you ever think about, will he ever be that guy again? The guy that had the 95 plus mile an hour fastball from the first inning straight to the seventh or eighth inning. That's what Luis Severino was. That's why the Yankees extended him and gave him 40 million over four years because he was a young talent whom they felt if he continued to improve and pitch the way he would be, he he actually would be underpaid at this point because of what he showed them. And now you have to wonder if he's going to be the same Severino again. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. We invite you to weigh in on our Twitter poll question, which is about Severino and the Yankees. Considering the injuries, who do you have the most confidence in as a starter? Is it Hap? Is it Montgomery? Is it Loisega? Or is it Green? Hmm. At Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN NY underscore 98.7 FM. On Twitter. Peter Love, 24, 124, says, If I were Yankees brass, I would really give a healthy look at Garcia and Smith. Not sure if the others are all that much better. Also, on Twitter, my nephew Jay Blaze, Uncle L, tell you about my New York Yankees starting pitching still being an Achilles heel. What if Cole and or Tanaka struggle early with Hap as our number three until June? Can we count on the same luck with injuries this year? If Frazier and, and Duhart play well, Cashman has to trade them for a starting pitcher now. Are we still World Series favorites? Interesting. 1-800-919-3776 at Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Frankie's in Mayo Pack. Frankie, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry. Good to talk to you again. Good to talk to you too, Frankie. What's up? Yeah, as like Robbie and Lennox was just telling you, I was doing the same thing he was with in that closing minute. And as a as a puck was winding around, and the Rangers were desperately trying to get it out over the blue line, which they made a good attempt at. But the Islanders credit them for keeping that puck in. I mm-hmm. mean, that's they're so it's amazing the skill, just how they can do that with the world bearing down on them, able to keep that puck in like that. I mean, that the thing looked like that was coming out of the zone and getting ready to be cleared for an empty net. But um, I'm looking at but Tort- Tortorello is amazing what he's able to do with that Blue Jackets team that is really decimated by injury. He he, he almost had them come back tonight down 4-1. They, now they lost 5-4, so now the Rangers are 
four points behind Columbus. The big thing is they have the tiebreaker in regulation wins with Columbus, and they have three games in hand. That's a big thing in these final 20 games. So it looks like, as Steve Aliquette was saying this last week, at the time the Rangers had to go 15-8. and eight. Well, now they've won three straight since. So it looks like a very manageable 12-8, and eight, you know, should 96 should be the 94 96 should be the cutoff point they're at 72 now mm-hmm. uh with columbus losing the way they have now down the stretch here uh it looks very doable for the rangers to grab 10 11 12 wins here and it won't be easy with their schedule but the other teams have a tough schedule too and 10 games over it's funny in hockey larry at 10 games over, the Rangers are doing all they can to get in. In the NBA, the eighth spot, what is it in the East, 28 uh, games under? <laughs> it just goes to show Not the you same. The, 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 how, how it's actually gotten harder to make the playoffs in the NHL since we were little. Remember, it used to be 16 out of 20. Yeah. Now it's 16 out of 31. And these teams, boy, do they, like, you're, like Robbie was saying, these teams play. I mean, 10 games over and you're still not in yet is really a, a mark on the effort that these guys play at. It's even in the other league too, in the other conference. There, there, there's some great hockey going on. Those guys are over 500 and still not in. So this is very exciting, and it, and it could be sooner than later that the Rangers really do something. Especially the way they've scored over 200 goals now. Remember that was their bugaboo scoring yeah, goals. Scoring goals. I mean, listen, hey, Frankie, thanks for the phone call. If the Rangers could score like this, they would have, may have had some cups. I mean, that was their issue when Lundqvist was, you know, in the prime of the Rangers in postseason, trying to get goals, trying to get work on the power play, trying to get things rolling. And listen, you got to give Quinn credit. All right, you do. He's got these young kids playing well. And they're learning. And, and every game, you see them gain more confidence. And for them to have a two-goal lead in the third period on the road and have it tied up going into an overtime, I mean, momentum, Mr. Moe was, was on the, was on the Islanders side of the ice. There's no question about it. And the Rangers just come right out in the overtime, bang, game over. I mean, that could have, you know what? You may go back, and obviously there's a bunch of wins and it changes as you further go all the way, depending on what happens. But you have to put a check mark or an asterisk on this game. Because if they lose this game, that could send, send them into a tailspin. You have a two-goal lead on the road. You've won seven straight on the road at that point. And you get tied, and then in overtime with the momentum, if the Islanders win that game, you don't know how the Rangers respond. You don't know. But you don't have to worry about that because they bounce back and they found a way to win. And and as Quinn mentioned in the postgame, not to mention the whole thing, your number one goalie's done for probably the regular season at least. Maybe for the, the duration, you don't know. You got the car accident. You've got... The trade deadline yesterday, you got all this stuff that, okay, veterans say it's a business. Young kids are like, wow, <laughs> wow, this is what happens up here? <laughs> this is, whoa, he was here yesterday and now he's gone? He's traded? Man, and you just never know who's going to be there. Is Kreider going to go? Is Kreider, who's, who's staying? Who's going? You just don't know. All that stuff. 
That's what it takes to learn how to win, to be able to deal with adversity, to be able to deal with change, to be able to deal with changes in momentum, to learn and go back and understand what happened earlier in the season when you were in these situations and you lost games, you didn't respond, you had key turnovers, bad communication, bad goals were given up. So you learn from those situations. That's what is exciting and frustrating about having a young team. Because they're going to make mistakes. They're going to drive you nuts. But when they get it, and when they find out and learn how to win, and when they get some success, and then they turn into it, and you see their confidence grow, and you see the star players get more comfortable and understand their role, and understand that, hey, this is where I I have to make the big play. I have to make the big, I have to help out in front of the net. I've got to move people out of the crease. I've got to get the big goal. That's what makes it fun. That's when you really get into your young team. And listen, if you're the Islanders, hey, you put up a gallon effort. You dominated them in the first period, great goaltending stopped you. You didn't lay down. You came back and you tied the score. And listen, you're still you're still ahead in the playoff spot. So you're still looking good. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Considering the injuries, who do you have the most confidence in as a starter? Is it Hap, Montgomery, Lawiziga or Green. Who do you have your most confidence in as a starter now that uh, you have no Luis Severino? <whistles> Pinstripe 222 via Twitter. I like this question, but I feel Hap should be replaced with another name. He's 100% given for the rotation, and I'd like to see if anyone outvotes Monty. I feel like he's the best shot, and he looks really good again. Pinstripe 2-2-2, it's training. It's preseason. As soon as it turns the end of March, early April, and he gives up a couple home runs in the first inning, you'll be angry with him again. (laughs) You'll be angry. You'll be angry. So... Yeah, it may be a given, but even though it's a given that um, that Hap is there, um, you know, doesn't mean that you have confidence in him. Yeah, he's there, and yeah, if 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 you're Brian Cashman, you're kind of happy you didn't trade him. As it turns out, no Paxson with the back surgery now, no Severino for the year, no Paxson for half the year. Thank goodness Montgomery's coming back. Otherwise, you might be concerned. And oh, by the way, no Domingo Armand, 81 games because of suspension. Like they say, you never have enough pitching. Bruce is in Flushing. Hey, Bruce, you're next on 9870 ESPN. Hey, Larry, I want to talk about the Rangers if I can. Mm-hmm. You know, the other day we speculated that is J.D. going to act like a general manager or is he going to act like a guy who was a goaltender in 1979, who knows what it have to have a team that's filled with heart 
and 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 doing the possible thing like go to to the finals like his team did, and JD was the guy was was that goaltender because he re we re-signed Kreider, um, he traded Brandon Skyler because he had to free up some money. But if you notice, he didn't trade Jasper Fast, he didn't trade Ryan Strom. So he believes in this team. He sees what this team is, and this team is counted and it's got heart. Now, the only bad thing is with this car accident, with, 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 with Igor, my confidence is a lot less than it was a couple of days ago. Hmm. I don't know if, if this team can do it now, because Igor was a guy who was facing 40 shots a game and only giving up one goal. I mean, I'm convinced if Igor was, was in this game tonight, the Rangers would have had the two points and the Islanders zero. So, but they, they can still do it, but it's gotten a lot harder without Igor. Um, Bruce, you feel that way even though uh, Grigorgiev, Grigorgiev um, was a guy who always, Quinn always seemed to start against the Islanders because he played them so well? I just, I just think uh, Grigorgiev is good, and to, to give him some credit, he hadn't played in eight days, so that, that comes in part of it. But Igor was such, was so much better mm. than anybody else in this league. I mean, he was, his his save percentage was like over nine hundred. Um, I mean, I don't know if you know his stat or not, but he was the only goaltender for the first nine games in his career or ten games had a career save of nine hundred or, or better. I mean, like I said, Gregorio is good, but Igor was so so much better. As I if I can compare, as I comparing. Uh, Ted Williams with, um, um, you know, um, give me give me a good a good two eighty hitter, you know. Uh, uh, How about Jeter? There's a two eighty yeah. hitter for you. Yeah. <laughs> a little better two eighty. Yeah, a little better two eighty, but but Jeter was a money player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Ego was so so much better than than Gregorio that. I just, I, I just, they, they can still do it, and this team has still got a lot of heart. But I, they're, they're missing something. It's like missing a picture with something off the fastball. They still got the fastball, but it's not ninety nine or one hundred anymore. Yeah. So yeah. It, 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 it's going to be a lot harder without Igor, and and it's a crying shame. But but JD still believes in this team mm-hmm. because the only thing he got he got rid of was Brandon Sky. Yep, you're right, Bruce. Thanks for the phone call. I'm telling you, this is like, <laughs> JP, Ty, this is like the big Hollywood script. It's set for the old veteran, the guy who's been on the bench all season, drop down to the number three goalie, okay, who hasn't played in like weeks, who got into a game for six minutes because uh Igor had got hit, went under concussion protocol and came back. All right. It's set. It's the movie script. Here comes the old wily veteran. What does he have left? Is, can he do it? Oh no, we don't have faith in him. And here comes the king, Henrik Lundqvist, who's going to have to play key games down the stretch. Can he summon days gone by? to come in and help 
this Ranger team get to the postseason by having as can't you? I, I can see Larry Brooks now. The King turns back the clock, back to the Stanley Cup, the Stanley Cup Finals against the Kings years ago, and look at the look at his reflexes, not seen since. I mean, it's it's set. This is it. It, you, it's it's written. You can see it. it. It's all. It's right there for you to see. It's going to be very interesting to see if he's able to do it. I'm just saying. It's going to be very interesting to see if he's going to be able to, in the games that he plays, can he give you the, the Lundquist that you've seen in the past? Can he, with the young defense that's going to make some mistakes, will he be able to do the kick save and the glove save? Will we hear the... Henrik, Henrik, at the garden again. Will we hear that? That I'm, I'm just, I'm just curious. I'm, I'm just, I'm fascinated by this possibility. I really am. Trey's in Brooklyn, Texas. And he's next on 98.7 ESPN. What's up, Larry? What's up, T? Um, so I didn't get a chance to talk to you last night about our friend Deontay from Alabama. Oh yeah. Seems that he had a uh, wardrobe malfunction. Is that correct? Uh, well, not a malfunction. Um, just, just, it was, it was a, it was a little, little heavier little than heavy? he had thought heavy. it was going to be. Okay. Okay. All right. Just wanted to make see, sure. See, to see what had happened was, what had, what happened when was he was coming that. down the aisle and slow he, stroll. yeah, full stroll. slow, slow stroll, it, it, it gained momentum because it got hot under the, under the, oh, under the, okay. under the costume. So, and then trying to get him and the costume up over, up in, up, you know, into the ring, yeah, going over it. the top rope, all the, yeah, you know, the TV. Come on, you know, trade the hot TV lights. You've been to fights in Vegas, you know, they do it up. Got hot it. TV lights, he's Little sweating. And, and oh, he's sweating. exhausted. Oh, just warm out. Down, warm out. Warm out. Warm out. In the excuse pile. Warm out. I'm writing all of this down. Okay, warm is out. Anything else? Uh, no. Is there anything, is, there, is that it? Nope. Oh, okay. Uh, because I recall, and let's go and let's get in the DeLorean and go back about thirty years. Mm-hmm. I recall a certain dude from uh, the Brownsville section of Brooklyn. Would you be talking about what Mike Tyson? He used, what did he used to come to the ring in, Larry? Nothing. <laughs> Just black shorts and black uh, shirts, and a, and a, black shorts, black what? black shoes, and let's go to work. And a towel with the neck cut. Remember, it was kind yeah, of like a, almost like a poncho. Remember? Yep, I do. He intimidated people with just that. You're this right. This is a clear case of when you when you when you're doing too much. Like my man Todd Bookie said, you do you was doing way too much. Yeah, it's yeah, true. I, I get it. I get the show. You, every we understand boxing. You want to be a showman. Yeah, but that was that was corny, Larry. And then it was. To, and then for him to say that that was the reason that he lost that fight. The reason you lost the fight. Was because the dude next, the dude on the other side of the ring was punching you in your face real hard. That's why you lost. Yeah, you lost. That's the true. Fight, but you lost the fight because he punched you and bust your eardrum. Yep. That's why you lost the fight. Well, and the other reason why he lost the fight, Trey, and I got to bounce. Thanks for the phone call, my friend. Always good talking to you. The other reason he lost the fight is very simple. He couldn't fight back. He couldn't let the right hand go. He had no options. He didn't have a strategy to get to. Fury's body, because I'm saying when you look at the two bodies, you're like, man, Fury was a little flabby around there, but but you never got to get there to do anything about it because he kept that jab in his face 
and the right hand popping. <sighs> Deontay, man, it was a long night. This is a long night. But he he's invoked a rematch. He says he wants to fight again by summer. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. At Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. We've had a lot of topics to talk about inside this edition of the show. Obviously, the Rangers win over the Islanders 4-3 in overtime. Also, we've been talking about, uh, as you heard Buster only talk about at the top of the hour, Severino, done for the season, undergoing Tommy John. Our Twitter poll question, at Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Considering the injuries, who do you have the most confidence in as a starter? Is it Hap, Montgomery, Lawizaga, or Green? So far, Chad Green has got 9.5%. I'm a little surprised at that. I'm a little surprised. I would think that Green would be higher because of his, what he was able to do as your, you know, starter last year, the bullpen starter that, you know, that began the parade of bullpen guys. He was pretty good. It's pretty good. And I still think, while I know people like him as a reliever, I still think he could give you, if you, Right now, get him ready, stretch him out, because you've got time now. He's in the minor, stretch him out with spring training. Everybody's, you know, he could he could give you five innings consistently. I think he would be good, but he got nine point five percent. Loizaga, seven point one. You guys really don't have a lot of faith in Loizaga, do you? <laughs> really don't, really don't. J Hap. Honestly, that's a little high. I expected folks to be, I expected Hap to have less and Green to have more. But uh, most of you agree, 44% of you say that you have the most, most confidence in Montgomery coming back from being off for the season. Mr. Ty, I know you are a staunch Yankee fan. And I must say, ladies and gentlemen, I, 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 I toyed with the idea of putting Luis Sessa on the list. And I said, no, 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 I can't do that. No, 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 I can't do that. That that would be totally depressing. So that's why I replaced Sessa with Green. But, Ty, are you surprised at, at, at the uh, poll so far? Not really all that surprised. Uh, with Chad Green, he was only pitching two innings or sometimes even one inning as the opener last year. And, yes, it worked to success, but how effective is he going to be over the course of five or six innings? I would imagine that Jordan Montgomery is winning this poll because he showed a lot of signs when he first came up that he could be a legitimate three or four starter. Hap, as an older pitcher, he's got the experience, whereas Loisica didn't really do much for you last season. And as I mentioned, Chad Green, one innings, two innings, he was great. But is he going to be able to sustain that if they stretch him out to five or six innings? But this is devastating news. Oh, there's no question. Because when you acquire Garrett Cole, the idea is that Severino no longer has to be that ace, right? You've got Garrett Cole, one of the top three pitchers in baseball. Tanaka, every year, brings it in the postseason. Severino, we've seen him at, at his finest. He can be great, but now you no longer are living living and dying with him. So you've got a lot of depth in your rotation. Whereas now, you know, you've got Herman suspended. 
and you've kind of got to figure out the rest of the rotation with with Hap and as you mentioned Sessa Green Lewisica all these question marks and you're hoping that we, we don't want to jinx it but Tanaka always one pitch away mm. from himself needing Tommy John surgery because he's got the slight tear in his UCL so they've been able to dodge that bullet for this long you hope that it can continue but it just feels like the injury bug once again is striking this team and it and it started last year what is going to be the big what's going to be the tease what's going to be the pressure for the Yankees if somehow Montgomery struggles hypothetical uh you hap is hap like he was last year what's going to be the pressure to call down and say uh Debbie Garcia, please. Yeah, I was going to say, you're hoping you run into the same type of situation you had with Domingo Herman, where no one really knew about him, and then all of a sudden he was a 17-18 game winner. Mm. Like you got to get lucky in that regard, because they, they've been able to do that with position players, mm-hmm. and Duhar, and Torres, and Sanchez, and Judge. Like you keep calling guys up, and, and they, they don't stop talking mm-hmm. and forward. Like these guys just are hitting machines, so you... You hope that that kind of good fortune can continue and, and it show itself in, in the in the way of the pitching. So they're going to have to find themselves from within. I don't think they're going to go out and trade anyone, especially right now. Yeah, too early to do that. But, you know, it, it's, it's a concern. And now you're looking at your investment and you're wondering, Ty, what can we expect from Luis Severino going forward? What, what, you know, is, are we going to put the injury prone tag on him? What, is he ever going to be good again? He's, he's played six seasons, 88 starts. Not good. No. And now he's about to have his second straight season for all intents and purposes where he barely pitched. So the, the next time you'll see him, he'll be essentially three years removed from his, his dominance. Yep. Question mark. You're right. What do you do? You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Dave Gettleman, uh, if you were judging on this, I think he wants to draft defense. I told you guys today I walked in the door. Offense scores points, defense wins championships. That's the way it is. In the six, from what I, from what I'm told, in the six Super Bowl games where it was the number one offense against the number one defense, the number one defense is five and one. And I was on the wrong end of that stick in 15. All right. So I guess Dave is thinking defense and Hopefully, if you're Giants, you're thinking, ooh, Chase Young, ooh, ooh, Chase Young, Chase Young, Chase Young. But you're drafting, what, fourth? He's going to be gone. <laughs> gone, gone. So now, Dave Gelderman, who never moves up in the draft, never. I heard Canty, DPH, and Rothenberg talking about it this morning. They're on Monday through Friday from 10 to 1 here on 98.7 ESPN. And he's saying he's doing Never. But and, and, and can't you hear it now? They don't move up. He he's gone. And what is Gellerman going to say? Well, there wasn't really a deal that I'd like that I thought we could get him. Sorry, we got Leonard Williams. So we're good. We're good. Joe Douglas. Also, aside from not trading, saying that he doesn't really think he's trading Le'Veon Bell, gave some hope to. 
one of his top defensive players. Jamal is an unbelievable player, as, as we, we talked about at the end of season meeting. You know, um, we're excited. We're excited about Jamal. Um, you know, the plan is for Jamal to be a Jet for life. You know, um, we've had we've had some preliminary uh, talks with his agent. I'm not going to get into the specifics of that. Um, but again, you know, the plan the plan is for uh, Jamal to be here a long time. So, we'll see. That's the plan. But it's about money, money, salary cap. How are we going to work this out? We'll find out. Mike's in Queens. Hey, Mike, you're next on 98.7. Good evening, Larry. How are you? I'm okay, Mike. What's going on, my friend? Before I get to the Yankees, to the inept, moronic, asinine officials Islanders Rangers game tonight. Now, to all the zebras who were there, you obviously were not paying attention very good because there should have been what five penalties on the Rangers. How many times they hooked, how it interfered with? You called three. Now, did you stop there? No. Let's keep going. Let's add to your moronicness. Let's add to your stupid S nine decisions. There is a illegal hit by a Ranger player. Do you call that? No. But what you do call is when the Islander player goes to attack him and hit him and punch him in his face. Well, that happened because of the illegal hit, which you did not call. But then you penalize the Islander player 15 minutes and give the Rangers a power play. So the Rangers illegal hit, and they get a power play. They score a goal. That's goal number three. Now, let's stop here. But no, if you haven't done enough damage, enough moronic Stupid decisions, you bleeping morons. How about we disallow a goal? And when you look at the video, like you have the Ranger player pushing the, the, the Islander player, the goalie pushing him. So we're, how is the interference when he's being pushed by his own team? Okay? You are disallowed goal number three for the Islanders. You moronic, bleeping idiots. Can you not bleeping see what's bleeping in front of you? How many bleeping calls are you going to miss in one bleeping game? You bleeping idiots. Okay, this was an important game, and you bleeping ones had your head up your bleeping butts. Are you bleeping stupid? Now, ladies, you guys do not get fired. No, that's too easy. Okay, so let's get creative. What do we do about these bleeping idiots, these bleeping imbeciles? I don't know. How about we put them in a the snake pit, and then let the snakes eat them? And then when they're done with the snakes, we tell them, Mr. Zebras, you're fired! Mike, very upset at the Islander loss tonight. Very upset. Very. Some call interesting calls in the game. There's no question about it. Could have gone either way. Some of these were pretty interesting. But uh, listen, Rangers found a way to win. And even despite that, the Islanders did come back. They tied it up. But once again, for a young team like this Ranger team, Doug and Long Island, that's that that's a big win for them. To be able to come from, to be able to withstand giving up a two goal lead and then winning in overtime. That's right, Larry. Let's go from Mike's crying to my elation. You outshot us 45 to 28. Give the goalie credit. Georgie was on his, stood on his head tonight. What did the Rangers get? Seven power plays, Larry? How many out penalties they call on the Islanders? They let them play tonight. Mike's used to, the sports generation where we coddle everybody, that was hockey. That was a playoff-type atmosphere. And in the playoff games, Larry, they let them play. 
The Rangers won the game. We beat them three out of four. The Rangers are playing great. We weren't even supposed to be a playoff team this year, and all of a sudden we're on, you know, we're a couple of points out. The Islanders went out west four games. Not a good, great team, Larry. How many goals did they score out west? They're having trouble scoring right now. They came home to two pancake, cupcake teams, the Red Wings and San Jose, and won. They're struggling right now. Don't blame the refs. The Islanders lost tonight. The goalie outplayed their goalie. When you outshoot a team 45-28, to 28, give the other goalie credit. That's three wins Georgia had this year against them. I don't want to hear people crying about the refs. So, Doug, what's going on with what, what's going on with your Ranger team? What eight wins on the road? What is it? They're playing good, Larry. You know what, Larry? When a team gets confidence, they got nothing to lose. They got a good chemistry going right now. And then, Larry, the goaltending, you got to give them credit. Shersketin and and Georgie have been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Guys are playing great. And Panarin, he's on fire. Arika, he's on fire. He's on fire, Friday, Larry. Last time I talked to you, you know, I was worried about keeping Kreider. Yep. Yep. And I, I would have liked to keep Brady Shea, but you know what? They got so many defensemen coming, Larry. They got like six kids in the minors who are projected as, you know, third and fourth defensemen. So, and Shea had a good contract, so he brought him back a first rounder. Mm-hmm. But you know, Larry, tonight was a tough, game that was played like a playoff game. And anybody who's been watching hockey knows in the playoffs, the refs are going to let them play. Yep. Yep. Uh, Doug, I'm going to ask you what I asked Bruce earlier. You confident in Lundqvist now? Hasn't played a lot. He's going to have to play some big games down the stretch. You know what, Larry? He's From what he's done for this team, he's earned it. It's not like, Larry, he was playing in the first half of the season – by the metrics, defensively, this team, and even last year, too, in front of Lundqvist. And I'm, listen, I, I understand better than anybody, Lundqvist is at the end of the line. Mm-hmm. But they are playing a lot better in front of these goalies than they did last year and the beginning of this year. And if you know what? If he has to step in once a week, so be it. But when the bigger the game gets, I know one thing, he's been there before. I don't have to worry about pressure. You're right, Doug. Thanks for the phone call. I'm telling you, I can see it now. I can see it. This could be a 30 for 30. This would be a highlight 30 for 30 if he's able to just, you know, as part of his career to just come back from this. It would be interesting. It would be interesting to see what happens. Now, look, we don't know. The Rangers may never get to the postseason. They may not even make it. They may not. But if you're a Ranger fan right now to watch how this team has turned and has played well and has come together and where they've been able to find ways to win, not give up, keep going, it's interesting. It's fun to watch. That That's, that's what's fun about a young team that performs. You just want to watch them grow and get better. I just wish that uh, maybe J.D. could come down the hall and talk to the Knicks. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he could come down the hall and say, listen, guys, you know, not for nothing, but you know, there's a couple of guys I think you might want to look at, you know, because this is what's working for us. That, that would be, J.D., could, could, could you go down the hall? 
help out, uh, you know, be there when, when Rose walks in, takes his new seat, you know, help us out, please. Cause right now, uh, we're Nick, you know, what we're looking forward to right now as Nick fans, the 50th anniversary of the first championship, the celebration that's going to be at the garden a couple of weeks. That's what we're looking forward to. Just saying, that's what we're looking forward to. You know, when Willis Reed and Walt Clyde Frazier and the late Dave DeBusher and Bill Bradley and Dick Barnett and the many men like Mike Reardon and crew, when those guys won their first championship, that's what that that's what we're that's what we're celebrating right now. That's what we're looking forward to because that's when we were great. Notice I said the 50th anniversary of that. 50th anniversary. (sighs) You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Which Yankee do you have as a starting rotation pitcher? Who do you have the most confidence in as a starter? Is it Hap? Is it Montgomery? Is it Loisega? Or is it Green? We'll update you in a moment. Right now, I want to hear from Buster Olney, who was on the Michael K. Show earlier today, and says, Seve's career? Well, we're not sure which way it's going. He was the best pitching prospect that they had developed in years and we saw hints of that, as you say, back in 2018. And, and now as we move forward, we don't know what he's going to be. Uh, and let's face it, at this point with Luis Severino, it's going to be an open question of, is this someone who has a difficult time staying on the mound? You know, last year was the shoulder issue. Now it's Tommy John. And you, know, you hope he comes back because nobody burns to be great, uh, I think, in the way that Severino does. But it's an open question as to whether or not they're going to get return on it. Or is this going to be... Kind of like the Carl Pavano contract, where in the end, for $40 million, you didn't get a lot of return. Ouch. Why did, why did Buster have to drop the Carl Pavano in there for Yankee fans? That's me. Buster, once again, appeared on the Michael K. Show earlier today on the impact of the Severino injury. Does it affect the Yankees' standing as the, as the clear favorite to win the American League East? Absolutely not. Uh, you know, you think about what they accomplished last year, 103 wins. He made only three starts. You know, your rotation last year was Tanaka, who they still have, and Hap, who they still have, and Paxton, who they have, and Domingo Herman, who's going to be back in June. And you have Garrett Cole at the top end. And you would also assume that uh, the Yankees, and, and it hasn't played out so far with Severino's injury, but you would assume that they uh, are, are going to at least be a little bit more lucky than they were last year with injuries to their position players. So the the lineup is going to be incredible. The bullpen is going to be deep. And you got Garrett Cole at the front of the front end of a rotation. Here's something else to think about too. Um, you know, in past years, we wondered about how the Yankees would uh, react at the trade deadline if they had some needs. The fact that you gave Garrett Cole 324 million dollars tells you that when we get to July, they're going to be all in. Um, you know, if it's a Robbie Ray or some other starting pitcher who's going to be available, you can bet the Yankees would be heavily involved in that pursuit. That's the one thing that, as a Yankee fan, you love about your ownership and your GM. They'll go out and get something if they can. Now, think just just for a moment. 
Think of how you would feel if you did not have Cole at the top of your rotation. Oh, it would be pandemonium, panic in the streets. But you've got Cole. You've got Tanaka. You will get Paxson back. You will get Herman back. You've got Montgomery coming back. And so I think you'll be okay. Is it disappointing? Absolutely. Is it frustrating? Yeah. Because you were right now, you were set to have probably the deepest staff in baseball because you would have had Severino as your number two and Tanaka as your number three. So if you got into a four game, looking ahead to the postseason, you're looking at Cole, Severino, Tanaka, and Paxson. It's not bad. It's not bad. You'll go, to, you'll go to battle with that. Now, hopefully, you know, one of these other pitches will step up and ride you through because then when you get to the postseason, you'll make some adjustments because you don't have to go four deep. You can go three deep and stretch it out with, depending on how the series go and, and the off days and stuff like that. So you'll be okay. I agree with Buster. For you right now, you need for your everyday players to give you some, some games. You need Aaron Judge to give you about 145, 150 games this year. It would be nice. You need him to give you a full season. Giancarlo Stanton, you need to get a season out of him. All right, you need to see what, what these guys are able to do. You, on paper, this looks like when, when he first came over here, it was like, wow, you don't even need him, but look how, how it lengthens your lineup to have these two guys in the lineup, two prolific long ball knockers that you can have in your lineup. And they haven't been able to, to, to stay healthy. I mean, Stanton, what did he play? Two games in the regular season last year? Maybe. I mean, he wasn't even there. You, He hasn't even had, honestly, he has not had a definitive Yankee moment yet because he's not on the, not playing. So the everyday players need to give you some length. That's what you know. Look, Talkman was great last year. Uh, uh, Ursella was great last year. All right. And so, that's what helped you win those 103 games that Buster's talking about. Because you had injuries with the pitching staff too. But you had the injuries with the everyday players, but the guys came up and now they're pushing guys for jobs. Mike Ford could be, could be, you know, platooning with Voigt at first base this year because of what he was able to do in the majors last season. So yeah, the depth that your everyday, with your everyday players has been great. But you want to see now these guys who are being paid, especially Stanton, you want to see these guys play more. You want these guys to play. And let's see what they can do. And the other thing is, how will the Yankees make adjustments in the postseason? Because we can talk about garbage cans and buzzers and watches and all this other stuff. But the fact of the matter is, that in key moments, the Yankees did not do what they needed to do in the postseason to get some runs. You know, they played regular season baseball in the postseason, and I keep telling you, it doesn't work all the time. you got to be able to make contact. you got to be able to move runners over. you got to be able to kind of adjust the way you play. I'm not saying we're going to start. I'm not saying that now, okay, it's the postseason. Stanton's coming up. We're going to bunt the runner over the second. 
you know, hit to the opposite field the third and then try to bring him home on the suicide squeeze. That's not what I'm saying. We're not, tra- we're not turning the Yankees into the small ball Kansas City Royals. But what I am saying is this Yankee team has got to find a way to give you key hits and moments where they put their bat on the ball and make contact instead of striking out or popping up in key moments with less than, with less than uh, two out with runners on base. Okay, with less than, with one, with no outs or one out, it would be nice for you to get the sacrifice fly to get a run in. That's how you have to play in the postseason because your pitching is better because you're facing better competition. So that's what the Yankees have to work on. Yeah, the starting pitching is it, is it bad for Severino? Absolutely. I mean, this kid was, as Buster mentioned, this was one of the top young arms that the Yankees developed in their, in, in the minor leagues. This kid was, was really good. And as I mentioned, the thing that I loved about him, maintaining the miles per hour on the fastball throughout the game. Are we guaranteed that's the way that's going to be? Do we even know if he's going to be able to be the same guy? That's the question. And he's young. So I know we're talking about the money and the four years, $40 million contract. I understand that. But my thinking is, what is he going to be able to be for this Yankee team? And if he doesn't come back next year, what do you do? Are you going to cut your losses with him and say, well, you know what? It just it wasn't meant to be? I mean, I hope he comes back. I really do, because he's a talented young guy. Talented. But you got to be concerned. I mean, what? As Ty mentioned earlier, he pitched only three games in 2019. 88 games in his first six years. It's not good. It's not good. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. 